hey, my name is Sophia Stir, and I'm talking about uh, persecution. <clears throat> okay, here we go. So uh, when I was asked to, to speak, uh, I was told to talk about something that I'm passionate about. So as most of you know, I had no clue where to start. I was like, well, I'm passionate about like some things, so what can I really like talk about? And I've decided to bring something to light, something that I should be more passionate about. Um, and probably same for us in our rooms. I think we all have our own bubbles. We all have our own circles. Um, we live in America culture. That's pretty isolating by itself. So here's something that we can all learn from today. And I am talking about persecution. Here is the Google definition. Google says persecution is a punishment or harassment usually of a severe nature on the basis of race, religion, or political opinion. So I want to ask a question. Why do arms, legs, and eyes grow on a baby in the womb? Is for what follows. So my goal for today, for this message, I want us to grow in experience, in knowledge, and wisdom for what is to follow, for persecution. We are prepared to serve on a higher level. This is the goal to grow in what we know about persecution around the world so that we can serve at a higher level. Okay. Cool? So we're on the same page. And there is a need for us to be aware of what is going on um, outside of our nation, outside of our culture. And again, maybe some of us know to some degree uh, from our parents or families, but when was the last time that we actually wept for the underground churches in communist countries? Yeah. Or for hidden Christians? Mm -hmm. Or for those that have been thrown in jail? I know I need to pray more about this, yeah. and you do too. So I'll start by giving a little background on my family. Um, I know most of y'all know my parents grew up in communist Romania. Um, they lived with little to nothing, no new, clo new clothes, no fun foods, no luxury, no freedom of religion. Uh, my dad would tell me stories from behind the Iron Curtain and how he used to smuggle Bibles in a briefcase on a train from one countryside to the other. And I've heard countless stories like this from the mouths of my relatives, and it, it has been convicting me this year, um, and just reminding me I am blessed to be in a free country. Yeah. So let's dive into some scripture before we get started. It is biblical. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong way. Okay. <laughs> uh, the first, y'all can write these down. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 says, Yes, and all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Again, we grow in knowledge for what is to come, and it is inevitable. Some are even experiencing this in our own times. Communism is not dead. There are communist countries out there. Um, and if they want to live a godly life, they're going to suffer. We will suffer. Communism is not over. The battle is just beginning. Yeah. Revelation chapter 6, verse 9 says, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. We see those that have been slain and the testimony they held, their life being a literal offering at the altar. Mm -hmm. A man once met, went to his pastor asking advice about some difficult problems. Um, the pastor replied, oh, just kneel in church for two hours and you'll have your answer. Uh, the man said, do you really believe that the good Lord will appear to me in two hours and clarify my thinking? No, said the pastor. But you will realize that in that time, you can live well enough with the questions unanswered and keep trust in life. So this is the conclusion I've reached. Maybe we don't have all the answers. Maybe it's horrific, and you can't understand how such a thing can happen. But we can be sure of one thing. It is biblical. 
Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. Paul writes, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Again, I want to talk about Paul. I think he's one of the greatest like men in the New Testament. Uh, he had a great conversion. Most of us know his story. But because of this, he suffered. He was arrested. He was beaten. He was left hungry in the cold and much more. So we see his view of life and death, to live as Christ and to die as gain. Over winter break, I picked up a book called Tortured for Christ by Richard Wilbrand. Next slide. Um, this is Richard and his wife, Sabina. I love them. Okay, <laughs> so Richard was also born and raised in communist Romania. And I kind of look at him as my grandpa. He's cool. I've only read one book, but <laughs> my grandpa. <laughs> um, after his conversion to Christianity, he was thrown in jail for his preaching. So I highly recommend you check out his testimonies, read more of how he came to know Jesus. There's a lot that we can learn from it. Um, having said that, there's going to be a lot of quotes in this hour session. Um, from the videos I've watched, from the sermons I've heard from him. So you're going to hear me say, Pastor Richard said this a lot of times. <laughs> Pastor Richard said this. <laughs> I spent time alone in myself for years, 30 feet below the ground, with 50-pound chains on my feet and hands, without ever seeing the sun, moon, stars, rain, or flowers, without paper or pencil, let alone the Bible. I never heard the slightest noise. The guards wore felt-soled shoes, and one could not hear their approach. I never saw a color. I forgot the colors exist. Violet, blue, red, yellow. Always, I only saw gray walls and dull gray uniforms. After all this torture, Pastor Richard can still say that he loves communists, but hates communism. Jesus himself said that he loves every man and he would rather leave 99 righteous sheep than allow the one that went astray to remain the lost. The Christian teaching is clear. Communists are human and Christ loves them. We love the sinner and we hate the sin. It is said that a matchmaker introduced a young man to a young girl who were intended to marry. The young man was appalled after seeing the girl and said to the matchmaker, how did you dare show her to me? She has only one eye. Her nose is crooked. Her lips are lopsided. She is thick as a barrel. Her arms, <laughs> her arms are too short. I cannot marry this girl. The matchmaker replied, well, what should I do if you are the man who does not appreciate Picasso? Communism is to society what Picasso is to art. Communism is to society what Picasso is to art. As he distorts his models on the canvas, the communists contort the bodies of their adversaries. Amen. Jesus still loves them. Jesus loved the Pharisees, although he did denounce them publicly. <laughs> I, again, I don't want this to become like an anti-communist rally, hate crime. Please hear me rightly. Jesus loves them. Yeah. So should we. Many communists, in fact, are unhappy. Many end up committing suicide. Even their great dictators. Look at Stalin, how unhappy he was. He had, I found fun fact, he had eight bedrooms that he could lock up like a safe. And it said that no one ever knew which one of these bedrooms he slept in. Communism makes no one happy, not even their leaders. 
they need Christ. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Other way. There we go. Chapter 10, verse 28 says, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. So we shouldn't fear these persecutors. We shouldn't fear communism. But it is our duty to pray for them too. Not only our sisters who are in chains, chains but those who put the chains on. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 says it best. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers of evil. And we can say that communism is a spiritual force, a force of evil, and it can only be countered by a greater spiritual force, the Spirit of God. Communists use seduction to win church leaders to their side. And then they drop their mask, and the terror begins, and thousands are arrested. Pastor Richard said this, to win a soul for Christ began to be a dramatic thing for us. Can you imagine this? When no one trusted anyone out of fear of being thrown in jail. That's a legit fear. (laughs) What fear do I have? Can you imagine like disciplining others in these, discipling others in these conditions? What excuse do I have in a free country? Christianity has to fight against many aspects of sin, not only communism. We're not obsessed with just this one problem, but it is a tremendous foe, and against it we must unite. Now, I want to share some more experiences from our brothers and sisters in prison. Um, Just a fair warning, I think our image of prison has been has been shown in a very light way in the west which is us um as we see here in prison city um it's not the same as it is in restricted nations that means starvation brainwashing and literal physical torture pastor richard says this uh he recalls the handcuffs on his wrists that had sharp nails on the insides. And if you were totally still, they didn't cut him. Um, But he says, in bitterly cold cells, when we shook with cold, our wrists would be torn by the nails. Mm -hmm. Christians were hung upside down on ropes and beaten so severely that their bodies swung back and forth under the blows. Christians were also placed in refrigerator cells and prison doctors would have to watch until they saw symptoms of freezing to death Then they would signal to the guards and they would rush back in, take them out and make them warm. When they were finally warmed, they'd be put back in over and over again. One young girl from the underground church was discovered to be spreading the gospel secretly. They decided to arrest her, but they waited a few weeks until the day she was to be married. On her wedding day, the girl was dressed as a bride the most wondrous and joyous day of her entire life. Suddenly, the doors burst open and secret police rushed in. They put the chains on her wrist and she looked at her beloved and then kissed the chains. I thank my heavenly bridegroom for this jewel, she said. He is presented to me on my marriage day. I thank him I am worthy enough to suffer for him. Matthew chapter five, verses 11 through 12 say this. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, 
and say all kinds of evil things against you for my sake. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is in heaven. I think she embodied this verse perfectly and we should take note. Another pastor who was arrested was preaching to the other prisoners in the cell. When all of a sudden the guards burst in and surprising him halfway through the phrase, they hauled him down the corridor to the beating room. After what seemed like an endless beating, they brought him back, threw him on the floor bloody and bruised. He picked himself up, straightened his clothing, and said, now, where did I leave off when I was interrupted? Wow. Can you picture it? In the homes of many Western Christians, us, hours are sometimes spent listening to worldly music. In our homes, Pastor Richard says, loud music can also be heard, but it's only to cover the talk about the gospel so that the neighbors might not overhear and inform the secret police. Rather than close every church, though the communists did close thousands, um, they decided to permit a few token churches to remain open to use them to observe, control, eventually to destroy Christians and Christianity. Um, they decided that it would be better to let the structure of the church remain to deceive visitors coming to their lands. This situation exists in the official Chinese church today. This only legal church in China represents less than 20% of China's Christians. Who knows how many are hidden? Pastor Richard says this, I tremble because of the sufferings of those persecuted in different lands. I tremble thinking about the eternal destiny of their torturers. I tremble for Western Christians who don't help their persecuted brethren. I cannot remain silent, and your duty is to examine what is said. You must ask yourself, what is this dreadful power of communism that it makes its citizens suffer? What power is this? The West sleeps and must be awakened to see the struggle of captive nations. Let's dive a little deeper into the underground church. The faithful underground church has thousands of members in such places. They have secret meetings in basements, attics, apartments, and fields. In the Bible, think of like the disciples. What, sem what seminaries did those who turned the world upside down for Christ attend? Did they all know how to read? Where did they receive Bibles from? God spoke to them. The same is with the underground church today. God speaks to them. And these churches are often a tiny room not a church like we know. Foreign visitors see pictures of a crowded church in Moscow and remark what freedom there is. It's not true. Communist persecution has produced some of the most dedicated Christians that are rarely seen in free lands. These people cannot understand how anyone can be a Christian and not want to win every soul they meet. Think about that. Pastor Richard says this, the secret police persecuted the underground church because they recognized in it the only effective resistance left. They recognized, only as the devil can, an immediate threat to them. They knew that if a man believed in Christ, he would never be a mindless, willing subject. They knew they could imprison the physical body, but they couldn't imprison the man's spirit, his faith in God. The underground church if helped by Christians in the free world, will win hearts. 
and it will change the face of the world. It will win them. Will we be the voice of the voiceless? Will we handle these problems lightly? Jesus says, teach all nations. He never said we need permission to evangelize. (laughs) Faithfulness to God and the Great Commission compels us to reach beyond borders to people in restricted nations. Maybe some of us will say, well, is it realistic? Is it actually possible? This is a challenge, and it's unworkable. And to that, I want to quote Matt Marlin from Thursday service that we all attended. God is real. God is real. That means everything. When Christians of the underground church are brought to communist courts, it is divinely inspired. One judge demanded, why did you attract people to your forbidden sect? A Christian sister answered, our aim is to win the whole world for Christ. We've heard that before. We say that. Shame on us when we say things like this and we forget what it actually means. The whole world to win them? Do we understand what that costs? Christians in some of the former Soviet republics are still persecuted today. The Christians of the underground church are suffering today more than ever before. It is estimated that approximately 160,000 Christians were martyred in 1997. That wasn't too far away, 1997. Do the math. Uh, But the principal target of persecution is the underground church. Communist Asia and other captive nations can be one for Christ. Our adversaries can become Christians. So can those that are oppressed by them, only if we help them. The underground church flourished under communism and is flourishing now in communist Asia, and it's growing in the Middle East today. But we have to do something. How can we help? Every free Christian in the world can help. (coughs) Christians can help best by leading a life of fellowship with God, leading a life that is consistent, leading a life of sacrifice. Y'all, we have it so easy here. There's no fear. Fear of what? We're free. (coughs) Western Christians can also help by praying for the persecutors that they may be saved. Pray to strengthen the underground church and our brothers and sisters that are in chains. We are not guiltless of the fact that some live in rebellion, but we are guilty by neglect of duty. I'm going to say it one more time. We're not guiltless of the fact that some live in rebellion, but we are guilty by neglect of duty. And this is our duty to pray. I want to show you an image. Has anyone seen this before? Raise a hand. Do we know what it looks like? You've seen it before? What country is this? North Korea. North Korea is communist. You see under it, South Korea. 
Communism is not a thing of the past. But like I stated earlier, it's a tremendous foe right now that we're blind to, we're sleeping to, myself included. It's dark. I remember hearing my mom say that they would turn off the electricity and like monitor what you watch, monitor ex what exports in, come out, this, that. And it's true. Look at South Korea, so bright. Everything's on. North Korea is dark. The enemy has a hold on it. Thousands of Christians have not seen Bibles or Gospels for decades in communist nations such as China and North Korea. Pastor Richard says that he was begged once by a Russian for one page of the Bible to feed his soul. They were so happy to exchange a goat or a cow for the Bible, he says, instead of food on the table. Can you imagine? They knew how important it was to have food for the soul. Pastor Richard also said this, when I was beaten on the bottom of my feet, my tongue cried. Why? We are all part of the same body of Christ. And us, free Christians, are part of the same body of Christ that is being persecuted in restricted nations. Can you feel them? These persecuted members of the body of Christ have shown a supernatural resilience through the Holy Spirit who empowers them to refuse to deny their Savior. God help us. Not long after communism in Eastern Europe and the Soviet Union began to collapse in 1989, Islamic extremist groups started to rise and specific, specifically target Christians. Their goal was to eradicate any Christian presence in their country. And this is the world we live in today. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46, says this. Can I get someone to read it, actually? Just go for it. Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the, and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, While, while our Lord Jesus agonized in prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter, James, and John were a mere dozen feet away from the greatest drama in history. But they were asleep. 
And now, all over again, the free church sleeps. Our brethren there, alone and without help, are waging the greatest and most courageous battle of the century. And the free church sleeps. Oblivious of the struggle and agony, just as the disciples slept in the moment of their Savior's agony. Will you also continue to sleep while your brethren suffer for the sake of the gospel? Pastor Richard said this in an interview pretty recently. I have suffered more from the complacency of the West than from the communists. Will we continue to sleep? And as Jesus said to his disciples, I say again, are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, and let us be going. I want us to close in prayer by ourselves, in our seats. And think about this. Where are you standing? Are you still sleeping? Jesus, we love you. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us when we've turned the other way, when we're oblivious, when we don't listen. Jesus, we need you to come show us. Lord, all we have is prayers, but that's enough. Holy Spirit, I pray that you move in our hearts, that we would weep for these nations that we would weep for our brothers and sisters. Jesus, even the tormentors need you. God, help us to not be oblivious anymore, to not turn a blind eye. Lord, only you know how hard it is, and it's something we can't even imagine. God, thank you for the country we're in. Thank you for the liberty of saying a prayer in this room right now and not being arrested. Thank you, Lord. We take it for granted. Help us, God. Open our eyes. Open our ears to be more sensitive to this. Lord, our body is hurting. Help us to not grow numb to it. Jesus, I pray that this doesn't leave our minds, that it leaves the room, and it goes with us. God, we need you. Keep us strong. Keep us in you. Give us your Holy Spirit. I pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Any questions? This is just like the tip of the iceberg, but yeah, any questions? The what? Tortured for Christ by Richard Wilbrand. Cool. Love you guys. Thank you. Oh,